Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hey dude, what's up? I thought I was finished with this series of poems from this trusty, raggedy folder of photocopied poems that I've collected throughout the last few years. But I realized there was one left in there that I was being too cowardly to share. In fact, there were about seven copies of it in there, which gives me a clue that I might have chickened out in sharing it with my poetry group as well. It's funny to find the little clusters of copies of those poems that I never ended up bringing. And sometimes it wasn't chickening out. Sometimes I might have chosen another one instead. But often I can tell if they're real extra spicy and sensual that maybe I was afraid someone would take them personally. And wouldn't that be the end of the world? But this one isn't like that. This one I might not have shared with the group for the same reason that I wasn't going to share it here, and it's simply that it means so much to me, and that I don't fully understand it. I'd rather bring things that I'm sure I'm not going to cry when I read them, and that I'll be able to explain to you, like a very brilliant poetry understander, and this isn't one of those. But I think life is too short to worry about those things, I'm just going to read it to you today. It's a Charles Wright poem. If you listen to episode 70 and 71, you've already heard me try to explain what I love about his poems, and I read several of his there. This is from that same book of his, Caribou, published fairly recently, and he's getting close to 80. So it's a collection that's mature and practiced and has a late-in-life feel. So apparently I might have the soul of an 80-year-old man or something because these speak right to me. This one is called, I've been sitting here thinking back over my life by Charles Wright. We are all going into a world of dark and that's okay. Given the wing wrong alternative, it's okay. That's where the secrets are, the big ones, the ones too tall to tell. The way in is twisty and torturous, but easy, they say, easy. The way out, however, is unavailable and not to be mimed. Hard to remember that when the full moon offers its efficacy, downwind through the winter weeds, unpeeling its limitless hope, but not, at least for tonight, for us. Not for us, bystanders back from the river of light. So file down your fingertips, boys, and pull on your skins. Incandescence is temporary, we know, but it still shines. And that's it. My life has been spent trying to leave it. As though an invisible figure in the Schneeman landscape of Tuscany, I've always wanted to be elsewhere, hair on fire, a radiance undeniable, my shoes golden, my heart tucked away back under my shirt sleeve. 
not now, the world in winter. This is what comforts us, bare trees, bare streets, bare expectations. Our lives are spent here, our ho-hum and sweet existential lives, stories of surus and cumulus. And why not? This world has been good to us. The sun goes up and the sun goes down. The stars release and disappear, everything to to gloria, wherever we turn our faces. As I said, I don't understand all of this. I don't agree with all of it, and I don't even like all of it. I'm not going to tell you the parts I don't like, but they're there. But I get this poem. I get it real deep. And this poem gets me. If you've heard me discuss what I love about Charles Wright's poetry before, you might recognize some of those elements the folksy interjections of pull on your fingertips boys <laughs> or no pull on your skins <laughs> and things like that um i love but easy they say easy it's one of my favorite lines in here but more than on the word level i love the battle between dark and light between fear and hope a lot of this poem feels very dark. I mean, it starts saying we're all going into a world of dark. That's not a very cheery thought. But as I've said before with his poems and even touched on it in the Daniel Boone poem a while back, the Morris Manning poem, darkness works in us a certain way that's very important. So when he talks about the dark, I don't think of hopelessness. I think about that place where you have to get to sometimes for there to be a change. Ironically, I am on top of a mountain at a monastery the day after Christmas, and I was here last year also in the days after Christmas. Then I spent the night a few nights. Then I didn't bring work with me. I came that time to go into the darkness. It was so dark and it was so cold, literally, figuratively. I remember lying in my bed here in the guest house, curled up in the blankets and feeling so tired and so dark, I felt like I was buried deep down under the ground like a seed. Now it's a year later and I brought probably five humongous bags of books on my computer and my microphone and a bunch of other stuff today to spend the day working and it's the depths of winter and I am bursting with energy and enthusiasm. I feel like the seed a year ago has uh, sprouted into some sort of weird vine of some sort. <laughs> But the dark, I think so fondly of that darkness a year ago. And I mean real dark, real cold boys, real deep. We need that sometimes. Now this is an existential darkness. I'm not gonna try to cover up the fact that it seems at time 
like it's saying everything's going to end and that's just going to be it. That there's really nothing outside of that. That this world is all we have. But I don't think he lands on that. I don't think he ever lands on it. And in fact, he ends this poem with total glory. I love the Latin, tuta gloria. And I, I wonder where that came from. Is that a thing? Is that a common phrase? I tried to Google it a bit and I saw a song called that and I was wondering if it was some a part of a prayer or just something that I didn't know because I'm not Catholic or something. I don't know. But I couldn't find a lead quickly. But it's dark before that and when it reaches that line as though that's the end, total glory everywhere, we turn our faces that's the part that I have burst into tears many a time, reading this alone in the laundry room or wherever I happen to be. I've been reading a lot of Emily Dickinson because that's what I'm planning for my classes, and she has this too. She was closer to being a Protestant Christian type thinker um, than Charles Wright. But a lot of her poems that get theological, she's not afraid to look at the, to pick up rocks and look at some of the scary stuff under there. I was thinking of her one that called, I think it's called a pit, but heaven over it. Here's a little bit from it. To stir would be to slip, to look would be to drop, to dream, to sap the prop that holds my chances up. Ah, pit with heaven over it. And she writes a lot about that. Like, what if we get to the door at the end and nobody will answer? There is heaven, but what if we slip and go down into the pit that's beneath it? That tension is in her poems too. And she does also an amazing job at capturing the... the deep joy in the natural and the simultaneous fascination with what transcends the nat natural and how we can understand that and what that might be. The physical and the spiritual, the attachment to earth and the longing for something other than the earth. Charles Wright uses the moon and the clouds a lot to represent the earth, to represent physicality and nature and this planet that we're on right now. And the moon and the clouds make cameo appearances here as you probably heard. The late in life feeling of these poems, and I think what was speaking to my midlife crisis soul was partly the theme of becoming okay with diminishment or ordinariness. He says he spent a lot of his life trying to leave it, wanting something else, hair on fire, radiance undeniable, heart hidden away safely, shoes made of gold, all of these glorious things, that sort of ambitious desire for those. And then a real life that's winter and bare, slipping slowly away and maybe not full of answers, something a little more mundane. But at the end, total glory. Wherever we turn our faces. 
I would pay a lot of money to have you right here at this conference table with me right now and to hear what parts of this bother you, what parts pluck your strings, what parts do you get and not get, what do you hate. I'll read it again and then maybe you'll be in a better position to answer a few of those questions. And that will end this episode. So here it is, the dregs and at the same time the culmination of my poetry folder. I've been sitting here thinking back over my life by Charles Wright. We are all going into a world of dark. And that's okay. Given the wing-rung alternative, it's okay. That's where the secrets are. The big ones. The ones too tall to tell. The way in is twisty and torturous, but easy, they say, easy. The way out, however, is unavailable and not to be mimed. Hard to remember that when the full moon offers its efficacy downwind through the winter weeds, unpeeling its limitless hope. But not, at least tonight, for us. Not for us, bystanders back from the river of light. So file down your fingertips, boys, and pull on your skins. Incandescence is temporary, we know, but it still shines. And that's it. My life has been spent trying to leave it. As though an invisible figure in a Schneeman landscape of Tuscany, I've always wanted to be elsewhere, hair on fire, a radiance undeniable, my shoes golden, my heart tucked away back under my shirt sleeve. Not now, the world in winter. This is what comforts us. Bare trees, bare streets, bare expectations. Our lives are spent here, our ho-hum and sweet existential lives, stories of surus and cumulus. And why not? This world has been good to us. The sun goes up and the sun goes down. The stars release and disappear. Everything too to Gloria, wherever we turn our faces. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.